Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, we wanted to give you a quick note about ads. So here's the thing. We genuinely, sincerely like all of our sponsors. We are picky about them. Honestly, probably to the point that it's annoying for our ad sales team. We don't and won't partner with products or brands that we wouldn't use ourselves or don't think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers in the way that we do is what allows us to make the show a meaningful part of our lives and hopefully yours too. So when you use the unique links and codes that advertisers provide for us, it has a real impact on our ability to keep doing this. And we are tremendously grateful for it. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Thank you for supporting us and the brands who support us. It means the most. All right, here's the show. Thank you so much to Allstate Identity Protection for sponsoring today's episode. You've got to check out Allstate Identity Protection, the best of identity protection from a brand that you can trust. So much of life is logging into our digital lives. The internet knows a lot about you, but it doesn't have to. With Allstate Digital Footprint, you can see a list of your online accounts, track where you've been online, learn how companies are using your data if your personal information has been exposed in a data breach, and get tips to proactively protect your privacy. Think the identity protection your bank provides is enough? Think again. The reality is that most financial institutions act only after fraud occurs rather than preventing it. Having comprehensive monitoring and coverage from AIP will help make sure you can stop identity thieves in their tracks before any major damage is done. Plus, AIP can even monitor your social media to ensure no one takes over your account. Wow, wow, wow. So when you think identity protection, think all state identity protection. To find out if your employer offers all state identity protection, head to AIP.com slash a thing or two. And if they don't, get a 30-day free trial at AIP.com slash a thing or two. One last time, that's AIP.com slash a thing or two. deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. We have two updates for people. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we have a few updates and a few new topics today. A few mm-hmm. updates, a few new topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So number one, for secret menu subscribers, we did something that people have been asking for for a while, which is, well, we did part of something people have been <laughs> asking for for a while. We archived a bunch of our content and made it searchable. So if you are a secret menu subscriber, you can now access all back issues of our Monday newsletter 
even as far back as to when it used to be called 10 things, all now archived and searchable on our site. As but wait, are there's more. All of our what are, yes, but wait, there's more. All of what are the cute are also now searchable on the site. So you don't have to email us and be like, have you done toilet brush holders? I could have sworn you did, but I looked at all of them and I can't. It's all in the secret menu section of the website and you can find it there. You can still email us if you can't find it. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, surface totally, it for totally, you. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. But now you, have, now you have options. The other thing we wanted to tell you is that we got so many good responses to our conversation about second kids and mm-hmm. whether or not to have them, personal decisions people mm-hmm. are making. But it turns out a mm-hmm. lot of people are making this decision and people yes. have so many good things to say. And we saved a lot of the answers in our Instagram highlights. People shared, one person shared a book that they found really helpful specifically about only children. We'll link it in the show notes. People talked about like things that just we wouldn't have even thought of, like how They think having an only child makes it easier to maintain relationships with non-parent friends. And like how the kids can have better or easier relationships with adults sometimes in that way Mm -hmm. because they are they are a child with adults as opposed to like a kid with other kids and adults also. Some people shared, you know, their experience as a parent of an only child, the things they do to try to give their kids something like the experience of having a sibling, whether it's like making sure to carpool to school or vacation with other families with only children. A lot of people who are parents of multiple children shared what they loved about it and, you know, what they found satisfying about it. And I think personally, the thing for me that was so satisfying and helpful was realizing how many people struggle with this decision because I think I thought a lot of people just knew. And it was this <laughs> chorus of people just being like, yeah, I thought it was a given too. And now I'm questioning, do I actually have to do this? It was really helpful. And there was also, I think, a little bit of just like permission needed. And, and somebody even put it that way, that as an only child, they are often granting permission to their friends to only have one child. And I just didn't quite realize, I think, how much I needed that. Probably because I didn't want to admit to myself that I needed someone else to give me permission to to make a decision one way or the other. But I found it really cathartic and helpful to read through these responses. And I I think a lot of other people did too. You'd be surprised that a big takeaway when you read all of these together is that siblings don't solve things and nor does being an only child Mm -hmm. solve things. There is no solver bullet. Yeah. Tons of people being like, you know, I had a sibling and they didn't solve any of the things that you hoped having a second kid might solve for your kid. And plenty of people saying, I love being an only child or I didn't like being an only child. A lot of people talking about the issue of aging parents and how that relates to the decision. You know, it's it's a very interesting conversation. Yes, totally. Totally. The second thing we got a ton of, of response to was oh my god the the largest correction that's ever been issued in the history of a thing or two is about gibbets we failed you all we failed you all (laughs) we did not know the history of gibbets we did not know how long gibbets had been around gibbets for those who are living a life in the darkness as we are as we were excuse me were (laughs) are the little charms for crocs they're the things you plug your your crock holes with (laughs) and we talked about them on the episode the guest thingies with noah kalina and we lazily and incorrectly referred to them as like a newish development. Friends, they are not new. (laughs) They were started in 2005. They were launched by this woman, Sherry Smelzer, and her quote-unquote entrepreneurial husband, Rich. It will become very clear my feelings about Mm -hmm. the way that this story is told, the way it all unfolds, but quote-unquote entrepreneurial husband. So basically, one July afternoon in 2005, Mm -hmm. close your eyes, picture this, 
Sherry and her kids are having this like indoor crafts day and she takes a little flower from her daughter's sewing kit and sticks it into one of the holes of a croc shoe. And then her kids are like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to decorate my Crocs. And mm-hmm. so they have like six pairs of Crocs at home. And she is like gluing like rhinestones and like stuff on the back of those plastic cufflinks from the dry cleaner, which apparently oh. she just had lying around. Because I really was like, but wait, just shoving yeah. flowers and shoes is not what's happening okay. here. Like uh-huh. it's, this is more complicated. Yeah. And then according to a publication called Business News Daily, Rich, the entrepreneurial husband, comes home and my wife was decorating the kids' shoes. She wasn't saying I'm going to form a business. Let me sit down and figure out how to do this. When I came home, I said, can you make a lot more of them? By accident, she stumbled upon the idea and then we decided collectively to make it go big. Wow. Sounds like Rich is a little concerned about who gets credit and who gets cut out of this story. We decided collectively. By accident, she stumbled. Uh huh. So then, according to the Times, the the British paper, the next day, Rich filed for all the relevant patents, trademarks, and copyrights. A successful entrepreneur, he knew the importance of patenting everything before anyone else saw it. So the children were sworn to secrecy. Incredible. And Gibbet stayed at home while they thought of a name. (laughs) And then when the kids wore them to school, surprise, surprise, everybody was like, what is that? Like, what's happening? And they launched a website three months later. And then... Sherry made all of these like she was the person making these with some help of friends until they found a factory in China. And then she was the one packaging and shipping them before they got an office and hired employees. I just want to make it clear the day to day who's who is day to day involved, at least per the reporting. Both Crocs and Gibbets were started in the Denver area. Mm-hmm. And one of the Crocs founders saw Schmelzer's daughter sporting her gibbets at the swimming pool at the like local swimming pool and was like, what's happening here? <laughs> and gave this child his business card and was like, tell your mom to call me. Outstanding. Outstanding. So then this started in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. In 2006. So a year mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. they sold to Crocs for $10 million with the pledge of an additional $10 million if future earnings goals were met. Guess what happened? Future earning goals were met on, on mm-hmm. these, like, mm-hmm. because they are everywhere. Remarkable. Like, $20 million in a one-year-old company. Are Rich and Sherry still involved? They are no longer involved in Gibbets. They now have a company that makes a product called iBits, which is, like, basically a Fitbit Phone for chart. children. Uh-huh. And it has, ga- it's, like, gamified Fitbit for children. And I think they have like a Disney partnership or something. And then Rich has another thing going. They're still married. As far as the internet would let me know, I okay. searched their names and words such as divorce just to check. <laughs> words such as. <laughs> words such as. I I was just, the framing of the story was driving me really crazy that he's the entrepreneur that turned this into a thing. Like saying this should be a business does not make it a business. Yeah, I'm with you. We've said a lot of things should be businesses. <laughs> But it doesn't mean <laughs> we've even bought the domain names, but we haven't made a cent off of hot mess. Hot mess hummus, yeah, no, not, not yeah. a penny, not a penny. I also there was a headline that was something like 13 women who made money off of being a mom. And I was like, that is not what's happening here. <laughs> or like who got no, who got rich off of being a mom. That's not what's happening here. Holy this, moly. This person grew a business to 40-something employees over the course of a year and was gluing stuff in her basement until she got a factory in China. This is not making money off of being a mom. (laughs) Claire, it's just all, I just, I love knowing the gibbet story. I I love love it too. Thank you so much for your reporting. 
You're welcome. This You're was welcome. an excellent story. I'm thrilled for Sherry. I'm thrilled for the Gibbets community. It also just explains Gibbets is a is a name they came up with and it has something to do with her like being a chatterbox or something. So I don't really understand exactly, but I liked that that expl- it's not something Crocs came up with as yeah. a term, but they yeah. kept it, you know, they kept it. Well, they, they at yeah. that point it was it had it was a valuable brand. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much to Shopify for sponsoring today's episode. We've been talking to some people that are like thinking about, you know, ooh, I want to get this e-commerce thing launched and I went, when am I going to do it for the holidays? And friends, the time is now. Um, like if you want to build out some e-commerce part of your site or start selling thing, or maybe do a gift box or maybe do a this or a that, or just dip your toe, it's, it's now. And Shopify is the answer to your question because they make it so easy. You don't want to miss that holiday sales season and (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for G, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, and even across all the social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify. We did when we started of a kind. It's the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash a thing or two, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash a thing or two. And action. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Gretzky. And I'm Natalie Buck. And together, we are the Net Chicks. We're here to talk anything and everything on screen, including what your favorite celebs are up to. And if you want to know what shows we are absolutely loving and hating, well, thank God, because we will be unpacking for you every single Thursday. So grab your Netflix and some popcorn because the chicks are coming. And scene. Speaking of things that outrage us. Oh my gosh. You want to get <laughs> outraged again? I'm, I'm open to it for sure. Let's get outraged again. Something that we have been thinking about lately is trying. I like lately as if we haven't been thinking about this since we started a retail company in 2010. Okay. Something we've been thinking about for the last decade plus. Uh is trying to be conscious about using the words affordable and expensive and just what how those words are. They are loaded. Money is complicated. Everyone thinks about it and spends it differently. And by framing things as affordable and expensive, it's a value judgment. And it's like you're putting your values on things and some people spend more money on clothes. Well, it's a value judgment. It's also relative. You know, yes, of course, it, of course. Like sometimes it's just that that relative to the amount of my disposable income I have, this thing is really expensive or affordable. Yes, yes. The other word that has risen in the wake of I think people starting to realize this is accessible, which accessible is a bit of a, luxury, like yeah, these kinds of yeah, which yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. a bit of a euphemism when people feel gauche, just calling you know talking about money explicitly. But it it is more or less the same. Yeah. You know, it it feels a little more abstract, I suppose. 
Yes, oh. it is abstracted. It is abstracted. Mm-hmm. I something that made me think about this recently was this piece that favorite favorite writer of ours, Molly Young, wrote called "The Cookie Jar Grows Up" in the New York Times. And it's about a lockbox that she puts her phone in. But because it's written by Molly Young, it's also about a million other things mm-hmm. besides the lockbox she puts her phone in. And this this section. Friends have raised objections to the box. The first, what a ripoff. Well, yes and no. Depends on how you determine value. I consider most restaurants to be a ripoff because I'd always rather eat fried eggs at home, cost $2, and that includes a ton of butter. But I get why others cherish the ritual and splendor of dining out. My ripoff is your money well spent and vice versa. People love to turn trifling preferences into moral battles. What a waste of time. (laughs) The people love to turn trifling preferences into moral battles is excellent. Like... All of Twitter could just be, yes. is, is that, is just yes. that. I, yeah, absolutely love it. And I think it just gets to the heart of all of this. Uh-huh. But speaking of the New York Times, I'm consistently surprised how often they use these totally subjective words when they talk about cost. And it just feels like you have such a huge readership. And if you say something is affordable and someone who's reading it doesn't feel like it's affordable to them, it makes them feel bad or weird mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. why not? Or what am mm-hmm. I doing wrong? And it just, yeah, it's it's odd. Right. I mean, it's really hard not to use when you talk about these things. Yes. We use it all the time, right? And But it does presuppose a sort of this is the right amount of money for you to be able to spend on a thing. Yes. And it also like discounts the, the like value of time and materials and other mm-hmm. things that we should potentially be paying more for. Well, and it, I mean, part of what's tough about it, I think, for people who are writing about this as a profession, yes, is that when you're talking about these are the affordable or these are the cheap toasters, let's say, yeah, what you're saying actually is there's a range of prices in the toaster market, right? Yes. And these yes. are at the lower end of it. Yes. And so that is why you are calling it affordable or accessible or cheap yes. or whatever. Yes. And yes. you're not yes. actually saying that this is affordable for everyone. So it's, it's like we need to come up. We need to come up with a better way of saying that, that these are in a different price category. You know who does a good job of that? The restaurant industry of mm-hmm. giving like a dollar sign for like the lowest end and a four dollar yes. signs for the like mm-hmm. highest end. And yeah. that just gives people like a gauge of how much money this will cost without it being a judgment about how much money it should cost. You know who does a hilarious job of it? Who? Internally, the retail industry, because they call it good, better, best. Yes! Good, good is their way of saying the cheap things. Yes! Better is middle of the road, and best are the high-end luxury versions of a thing. You know what, Claire? That's actually really useful and like should be like consumers should be using that. It's useful. Right. Well, I do think we've seen a lot of Because like, it's not a value. Everything yeah. good, better, best. Every there's no bad. Yeah. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that that becomes a consumer facing term because price point is certainly not a word that any consumers used 15 years ago and somehow no, that has become do. a consumer facing yes. word. So yes. I think and and even what you know so many of these terms even what's the one that we talked about price points a really good example. doesn't matter but yeah so may, maybe we can maybe we can adopt good better best which I just think is hilarious and also useful. <laughs> No, it's it's it it would be really useful, for example, for the wire cutter, because their headlines are like seven super affordable deals for your next outdoor adventure and the best cheap sunglasses. And the reason that they're doing this, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, yeah. is because hypothetically they could do a story about the best ch- sunglasses under forty dollars or something, right. 
but the prices fluctuate and they're mm. like little product modules update with the prices because there's airline pricing for everything now because there's airline pricing for everything and Mm -hmm. everybody's price matching and whatever Mm -hmm. so the price the sunglasses that might be $40 today might be 43 tomorrow and then they're going to start getting letters about that so I get that everybody's like hemmed into a corner here Mm -hmm. but the best cheap sunglasses I mean it's also good SEO unfortunately yeah no I know that is the other part of it the thing that I get so enraged about (laughs) and have been for so long is this target ad campaign that makes me insane. And you may have seen it. It says what we value most shouldn't cost more. And I don't understand how this got through so many rounds of approval and so many people because and I don't even know where to start with this, because in fact, what we value most should cost more. And that's kind of what we're all banging our drum about these days when we're talking about labor and the politics of labor and all of that. And this like and what we value most shouldn't cost more. The number of problems like environmental, political, economic, social that we have created by resisting paying more for the things we value most, whether that is food, clothes, a clean home, anything involving labor and materials. That has, we've created so That's many problems for That's how we got into this Yes. And the crazy thing <laughs> is that this actually does apply to certain things. There are certain things that we value most that shouldn't cost more and Target does not sell a single one of them. College should not yes. cost more. Healthcare <laughs> should not cost more. Childcare should not cost more because the government should be subsidizing all of those things with our tax dollars and individuals should be paying less. And Target has fuck all to do with those. And it makes me And we so could be paying angry. more for milk because we could be treating the animals better yes. and, treat, and paying the drivers more and et cetera, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. get so upset about the fancy eggs that are $8. And I'm always like, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird that a dozen eggs cost $2 sometimes. Like I don't actually know and I don't know enough and farmers are subsidized and like I can't, it's a much more complicated issue than I am actually able to to comment on. But I just think our, it is a given at this point that all of us, myself included, have very screwed up ideas of what things quote unquote should should cost. cost. So this ad campaign based on the idea of what things should cost is insane to me. Yes. (laughs) yes. Insane. No, when you read articles about, you know, what percentage of people's income they used to spend on housing and then what percentage Mm -hmm. of people's income they used to spend on clothing or food Mm -hmm. or whatever, those numbers have shifted so dramatically over Mm -hmm. time. It is crazy to see them now. Like we spend so much more money on education and housing than we ever did and so much less money than we do on things that are ruining our environment. And yeah. I also have to shout out Nikki Oganike who said something on her Instagram that I was like, oh, that's it. She had gone to the presentation for the apparel, the women's apparel line, AYR. He's a fashion editor. Yes. She's a fashion editor at Harper's Bazaar. And she said, I love AYR because XYZ and it's appropriately priced. And I was like, oh, that's the way to say it. It is appropriately priced, which again is subjective, right? In a lot of cases. Of course. Of course. But calling it appropriately priced does not presuppose that it is affordable for you. Right. It's no, just because the it's appropriate it, price. It's putting it's putting the attention on how much the thing, the price tag, and how much mm-hmm. the thing is made to cost, not on who's buying it yes. and the income of the person who's buying it or the money that that person is spending. Well, and it also it's on the re- it's about the retailer, not the consumer. Yes. Yes. I don't and know. Does that make sense? I yes, absolutely. It is an appropriate price, and it suggests that there are so many things to take into consideration where this thing sits in the market, what the materials are that it was made for, who made it, where it was made, 
all of these things, right? And and appropriate is, of course, a value judgment, but it's a very different value judgment. And and like you said, it's a value judgment on the retailer, not on the consumer. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. Something I was like workshopping with you at some point recently. Mm -hmm. I just like have a string of um, like a six week period where I have a lot of travel and a lot of visitors coming to town and it is delightful. And it is also overwhelming to look at a calendar to just feel like, when would I have like a weekend day to myself? When could mm -hmm. I like make plans to get dinner with a friend in the neighborhood or whatever? When can I like do my chores? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When are these things going to happen? And our delightful management coach, Ben Michaelis, suggested putting weekend at home on my calendar before this like string of events and after mm -hmm. this string of events started to protect the time. I felt a little silly doing it. I have to say like who, who this calendar is for me. Like who is this for? Well, I have to say that the totally not useful to anybody listening to this podcast or most people in the world aspect of this is I also view your calendar. True. So it and does Thomas become, does. Yeah. Yeah. So it does become useful in situations where, you know, a friend texts us, hey, you guys want to go to you know, the beach for the weekend or something. And I'm the one answering and I'm not going to throw out a weekend that you have on your calendar as weekend at home. Again, very few people have this situation <laughs> that we have. But I mean, certainly for Thomas, that would be applicable. Same thing where it's like you've mutually agreed you're not going anywhere this weekend. You're not going to float that as an idea. Totally. And this did come up, this like very mm -hmm. scenario where someone suggested like a weekend trip and it was so nice to see on the calendar, oh, I've already said weekend at home and mm -hmm. therefore I have plans. Like I'm not going anywhere then. Yeah. You've made the commitment to yourself. I, I'm into it. I think it's smart because I get so much comfort out of looking at my calendar and seeing when, that there are not two weekends in a row of being out of town. Yes. And I could actually just make that more explicit by just saying I'm staying at home this weekend and telling myself I'm not making plans for that weekend. Yes. Yes. I also, so I took this further. I mm -hmm. yes anded this advice yes. <laughs> and there was a week where, you know, I was going to be out of town and coming home on a Tuesday night and then had a friend coming on Thursday. And so I blocked off that Wednesday when I knew Thomas and I weren't going to see each other mm -hmm. of just like he and I being at home and not like going on a date, not like going out and doing something like, but just eating dinner together at home. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I did this because yeah. otherwise he could have really easily made a plan with a friend to grab a drink or whatever. Mm. And I would have been annoyed with him as mm -hmm. if I have any right to be annoyed. But I do think sometimes I find myself in the social role of just saying yes to whatever anybody else wants to do. And so I'm trying to be a little bit more proactive with those things. So 2022 was your year of yes. That's you right. know, <laughs> Shonda would be proud. Year of yes. Bless Shonda. I really do like that book. If anybody needs a little easy self-help book, that Year of Yes book from Shonda Rhimes is great. It is excellent. I think about parts of it all the time. Listen. Which parts of it do you think about? The Whitney Houston's wig? Yeah, the Whitney Houston's wig, which like the, the anecdote is that Shonda Rhimes spent her childhood trying to get her hair to look like Whitney Houston's and then one day went to a hairdresser who was like, oh, no, no, that's a wig. And she's like, oh, no wonder I couldn't do it. Like if people <laughs> would just tell you, yeah. yeah, if people would just tell you the tools they have that make their life work the way that it does, like you wouldn't try to find do these things. It's like yeah. knowing that there's a filter on a photo, right? Where you're like, yes. oh, no wonder her face looks like that. That's a yes. filter. 
Yes. And I can stop. I will never have those pores because that's not real. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Can I yes and this Whitney anecdote by telling you that Cam's Cam's latest obsession is what he calls Brandy Cinderella, which is... (laughs) You messaged me about this yesterday. We haven't talked about it. I would like to know everything. (laughs) Well... As you know, he's a completist. So we haven't just watched The Wizard of Oz. We have also watched The Wiz. Yeah. We haven't just watched Cinderella. We have also watched Brandy Cinderella, which is surprisingly yes. hard to get your hands on. We like found it and I rented it. I'm not sure that I would say surprisingly, <laughs> but go, but continue. And uh, well, here's what I'll say about Brandy Cinderella is that it, it you can't get the original music from it on Spotify. Oh, so, okay. Brandy's Cinderella is different from Disney's Cinderella in a lot of ways, if you can uh-huh. believe it. And uh-huh. one of which is the the music, because it is based on the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. And he got really into the music recently. And we also have a new sitter for Cam who started with a new school year. And so she's just getting to know him and understand all of his little isms and tricks and whatever preferences. And so she called me yesterday and she was like, I'm so sorry to call, but he just keeps asking for this song and I don't know what it is. And I just like, maybe you know what it is. And I was like, okay, put him on the phone. And I go, what do you want? He goes, I want, why would a fellow want a girl like her? (laughs) And I said, you mean from Cinderella? And he goes, yeah, from Brandy Cinderella. I would like to hear him say the word fellow. I would just, I'm <laughs> was, I'm like really interested in that. I had never that. heard him say that. Like he would request things from Brandy Cinderella all the time, which by the way, he also got into because I, I picked up this Whitney Houston thread, but he's a huge Whitney Houston stan. Like right. first and only pop star he's ever really ever been cared about. super hyped yeah. on. Yeah. And Whitney Houston plays the fairy godmother in this. Mm. She also- See, I, you did come in assuming that everybody knew who was the fairy godmother <laughs> and Brandy Cinderella. You're right. Well, yeah. she also, okay. I will say that I've also researched this and basically Whitney Houston is the reason that this thing exists. Like Whitney Houston was the champion of this project. I don't know if she conceived of it, but I think she did. And it was like, she was the one who pushed for this thing to happen. You would say she was the Sherry Schmelzer of Brandy <laughs> she Cinderella. She was. And maybe even when she started campaigning for it, she was going to play Cinderella. And by the time it finally came to be, she was both too busy and had aged out of the role. But she like really threw her weight around and made some deals where she was like, I will only do this other thing you're asking me to do if you will help me push this project through and make it a reality. I love this. The yeah. thing I was thinking about when you were telling me about Brandy Cinderella and, and Cam's interest in it is just that when you're a child, that age up until, I don't know, maybe like double digit years, Mm -hmm. you just don't know what is new content or what is new to you (laughs) content because everything like you're, everything is quote unquote new. Like you haven't seen shit. Um, So Brandy Cinderella may as well come out yesterday as far as he's concerned. Yeah. And as far as he's concerned, everybody knows about Brandy Cinderella. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Every- like I, there were just certain things that I watched at that age that uh-huh. I definitely didn't realize were like old or, and that or you weren't were like mainstream. Seen them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that not everybody watched the movie Natty Gan all the time. What is Natty Gan? Yeah, exactly. It's like basically a box. It's like like a boxcar child who like jumps from train to train. It's not a movie that was popular except in my living room. Oh, my God. OK. Natty Gan. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of children, somebody wrote in with a gifting cue. She says, I was a nanny for about two years for a family with four kids, which, wow, 
okay, wow. people, these wow. people are not having the second child question. <laughs> they're keeping, no. they're, they're just going. The youngest by 10 years adds another wrinkle to this 10 year gap between the youngest and the second youngest. So the youngest by 10 years was only a couple months old when I started. So I feel especially connected to him. I moved slash started a new job after his second birthday and we FaceTime as often as we can, but I'm obviously not as in tune with him and his interests as I was before. His third birthday is in a few weeks and I'm flying home to surprise him. I'm hoping you can help me find the best gift ever. I know he loves Wea Weas, aka fire trucks. It's probably pronounced Wea Wea like that. I think you know? so. I think so. <laughs> aka yeah. fire trucks. And has recently gotten into Buzz Lightyear. But like any toddler, I think he has a general fascination with just about everything. Last year, I gave him a Tony box with recordings of me reading our fave book so I could still read to him after I moved away, which was a big hit. This person's amazing. I hope. Uh, yes. I hope. Like, holy cow. True. True. The dedication. The, the commitment, the yes. like Tony box recording of books like this is this is yeah. this is it's it's impressive. I I don't. So one, the Tony box is a great, great gift. If you don't know about it, it is a it is a box with a speaker on it and you put little figurines on the top and they will read you stories or sing you songs. And there's also one figurine where the parent can program it to be whatever, them singing a song, them reading a book, whatever. And it's great because there's no screen time, but the child can be agentive in programming their own entertainment. And yeah, it's great. Cam has one. He absolutely loves it. The other thing that I think is like a little bit of a step up from a Tony box, and I think you it, question of whether or not this kid would want or need it since he has a Tony box. There's this thing called the Yodo player. And I actually found this through our work with MoMA Design Store because they carry it. It is a little also screenless box where you put different cards, cards. in. Yes. And it will read stories or sing songs. It feels a little bit- It has bit like roll doll books and stuff. Yeah. It has really good content. And it also, it, it, it has content for a lot older kids, it seems like. And it's also, it's more compact than the, the Tony box is big. The, there's Yodo player and there's a Yodo player mini, which would be a super easy thing to leave in the car. And there's little knobs where they can adjust the volume and adjust the pictures. You can also program it from your phone. It feels like a little bit of oh, a- Oh, thank God. Because I was like, wait, they can adjust yeah. the volume? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. There's an app that goes with it. Okay, So good. it does feel, it feels like a little bit more sophisticated or mature than the Tony box. I mean, I don't yes. know, you know, I don't think a three-year-old has aged out of a Tony box, but just something to think about if you're interested or like a Tony box. Here's what I think was the biggest hit for Cam's third birthday. A karaoke mic. Yes. I, I think karaoke mics are great children's gifts. As a person who doesn't have to be around the child that much <laughs> once they get the karaoke mic, I think it's phenomenal. I gave Cam one for Christmas or we gave Cam one for Christmas and everybody who was in the room, meaning all of my in-laws looked at me like, you are fucking crazy. You did this to yourself. <laughs> but I think it's so cute to hear it your child's little, little weirdo voice that can't say their R's or their S's and hear them just blasted and then to turn on the echo feature. So they're like <laughs> echoing. It's just hilarious it's to fun. me. I love it. It's fun. They make them there. The, we're going to link to one that is designed to look like a boba tea, which why not? They also all the thing about all of these karaoke mics now is that it's not a whole system. You're not getting no. they are standalone. They are wireless. It is literally just a microphone with buttons and knobs on them. And they connect through Bluetooth to your phone if you want. So you can actually play a song that your kid can sing along to. I just think they're really fun and it keeps Cam entertained for so long. Well, and you can play if your kid is advanced enough and old mm -hmm. enough and whatever. You can play the karaoke tracks on YouTube. Too. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
I think fun. it's great. I think it's fun. really fun. Delightful. And then, you know, you might find yourself after a couple of drinks using the toy yourself. Who knows? Who knows? Who can say? Who can say? Something that might pair well with this, a guitar. So when Cam was two, I want to say when he turned two, we got him this wooden children's guitar from Kids Concept, which is a toy maker that we really, really love. It's just a really simple, good looking guitar and it plays music. But there's this company called Lug, and I want to get him one of these guitars. Oh, these are cool. They're more expensive. They start at $90 for the acoustic one. And then they also make electric ones. And they really actually teach you to play guitar. I mean, and they like look like Les Pauls. They're like very cool. (laughs) Yes. And they, you know, I think come with all sorts of accessories and instructions. And you can really like actually learn to play guitar on these things. And the electric ones I've seen in action are awesome. And, you know, sound like electric guitars because they are. they also have ukuleles. We got my niece a ukulele and a ukulele like songbook. And that was like a fun gift. She's not she's not taking ukulele lessons. What? I was just going to say this. So I saw a mom at a, at a birthday party this weekend who said that her son had just started ukulele lessons. And I was like, wow, did he like she said, yeah, he loved it. He's had a ukulele for, you know, a year or two now because it's a ukulele is just a small guitar. So we got and him it's one her, a while it's child ago. Size. Like it's a yeah, good, it's a good starter instrument in that way. And it's a string instrument that's already small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this kid, he's, you know, almost four years old and he's taking ukulele lessons and I love that. Yeah, I was very inspired by that. So yeah, I I think, you know, you could do the, the karaoke mic and the guitar, especially since this kid has siblings and maybe they can form a family band. Mm-hmm. Staying in the music vein, another thing that I have on my list is a DJ mixer. And they make VTech, which is a toy toy company, makes the, this like kid star DJ mixer that actually, you know, scratches and does and oh whatever God. else a DJ mixer is supposed to do. I think it's kind of fun and creative. And and maybe maybe I'll regret it. But yeah, but well, Cam's DJ mm-hmm. name would be DJ Brandy Cinderella. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Other thing, tried and true, magnetiles. This is the this is a go-to absolutely never fail gift for kids from two to I don't know what age. Magnetiles are cost more than a lot of other just sort of standard blocks, but they are incredible products. They are flat, translucent plastic pieces with magnets on every end. And so you can put them together to create these massive, complicated structures. And you can build upon- like one of the like toy world, like runaway hits of the last 10 years or so, right? Definitely. I love them. They're awesome. They're really fun. You can be really creative with them. You can keep, you know, adding to kids sets all the time. So they, you know, cause they all work together and they're beautiful. And I, kids get really engaged with them. And I, I just, I, they're really fun. I, I, it just, these are a good investment for kids. They feel like they're going to have like, stay with them forever. Yeah. They feel like they're going to have that like Lego like trajectory where kids yes. that are playing with them now might, there might be ways that they're still playing with them in 20 or 30 years. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. And you just, you see the wheels turning. It's one of those toys where you see the brain actually growing as they're playing with it and the motor skills developing and all of it. And they sell them in these smaller sets where, you know, maybe it's a farm animal set or a dinosaur set, Mm -hmm. but that goes with the building block set. So if, if this kid does not yet have magnetiles, I think the home run gift is one of the bigger like sort of building block magnetile sets that can introduce them to the world of magnetiles that can then be built upon. Yes. You are really good at costumes. 
I like a costume for a gift. I like, I think it's like a fun way. It's not fun thing to like build out for a kid, just like a box of costumes, mm-hmm. which, you know, mm-hmm. obviously just like parents old clothes and all that's fun too. But I, a go-to mm-hmm. for me over the years has been one of these custom superhero capes. And it's mm-hmm. at, there, there are like a handful of these on Etsy, but super kid capes on Etsy does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. You can pick all, you can pick the colors and then you can pick what the personalization is. So it can be like just an initial. It can be their name. It can say like mm-hmm. super cam, whatever. Yes. And they're just like really well executed and perfect. And yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They're great. You got, you did as, as like a big present for cam for, I don't can't remember if it was birthday. Christmas. Or, Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas. It was, you just gave him a bunch of costumes and now he yeah. has this incredible costume bin, which is also really fun for when they have friends over because everybody's just tearing through the costume bin and putting on all the stuff. And you could totally get him a firefighter costume, but there's also, you know, astronauts and dinosaurs and princesses. I mean, the astronaut costumes are quite good, in my opinion. The astronaut like, costumes—they feel are like really very good. legit. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They look awesome. Cam is also super into pink these days, and I discovered that there's a pink astronaut <gasps> costume that looks really good. It's hot pink. I'm like, oh, maybe that's in his future. The other toy that I really love, if it is in the budget is, and I think we've talked about it before, it's this thing called House, H-A-U-S. It's a children's playhouse that is made out of this really durable corrugated plastic, but it folds up totally flat. It's Mm. $200, which is why I say, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's in the budget, but it folds up so flat that we just slide it behind a shelf basically and you never see it but when you put it together and it's two pieces and it's really simple to put together it's a fairly large playhouse and kids love it and go nuts for it And you can also draw on it because it is just this plastic and your own it's a very very fun I'm very impressed by it well it also looks like durable to actually sit outside too oh totally is nice yeah like indoor outdoor play thing is a great idea it says it is 100% waterproof and weatherproof, and it is 100% heavy-duty recyclable plastic. Love. Yeah, this is a, a good good home run gift for sure. Something, I really like those, like, you know, those big coloring pages that are like mm, maps mm-hmm. or whatever that are like yes. poster size you hang on a wall. There's yes. this person on Etsy or company on Etsy, ZCD Gifts, that makes custom ones with kids' names on them Smart. with different motifs and different sizes. So there's like a littler, you know, sort of, I think it's 18 by 21 perhaps. It's mm-hmm. like 17 bucks and they go up from di- there. But just like kids love seeing their names on things. And oh, yeah. this well, feels- it's also good. It's part it's how Seeing they learn names is yeah it's how they learn letters for the first time as far as I can tell or at least in my experience yeah exactly I love that. and so there's ones that are like you know have dinosaurs or ones that are like Halloween themed or whatever but then there are also mm-hmm. ones that are just sort of like modern motifs mm-hmm. so that if if you didn't want dinosaurs or unicorns or whatever on your kid's bedroom wall you wouldn't have to it's awesome this is very clever. I love this. Something else I learned recently, mm-hmm. as I know another small child who is mm-hmm. very into Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. is that USPS now makes Buzz Lightyear stamps. Wow. And, and like, they- look, I don't know exactly how to like engage with a small child around this, but <laughs> but but that you can be certainly be sending notes and letters. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely notes and letters with these Buzz Lightyear stamps. Cam has gotten really interested in outer space and spaceships and astronauts lately. So we do a family movie night every Sunday night and we're like, well, we'll do a space movie. There are very few movies about space for kids. There Weird. are like, there's alien This is how movies. you ended on Muppets in Space. 
Yeah, that's why I watch Muppets in Space and was telling yeah. you about all of the incredible yeah. cameos in that movie. Yeah. But yeah, Muppets from Space, it's excuse oh. me, was a was a a great option. But beyond that, there's just not that hmm. much or not that much hmm. that seems worth watching. If anybody has any ideas, let me know. Cause I and I don't I mean, what comes up is Space Jam and Toy Story. Both of which, first of all, we've seen, and both of which aren't really actually about no, astronauts in space. No, I wouldn't yeah. say. Yeah, and yeah. it just feels like kids love space. Kids are super interested in astronauts and planets. And why aren't there movies out there that feel somewhat educational about that? Okay, so I'd like to hear people's answer to this. I want to hear if they have any thoughts or feelings about gibbets again, mm-hmm. and I would like to know if they have any alts to words like affordable and expensive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.